Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain, manufacturing, and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to FinTV. On this episode today, we are joined by uh, Massimo Maliocco, who is the IBP Planning Director for ST Microelectronics. Uh, Massimo, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you taking the time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a Planning Director at uh, ST Microelectronics, which is a semiconductor company. Maybe not all of you know it. Uh, my background uh, is in physics. Uh, I, I graduated in physics uh, in Milano, and I made a, a specialization after on material science. So my background is really technical, high tech. But then uh, along my career, even if I started uh, more on the technical, uh, let's say, uh, environment, then I moved uh, towards uh, management. And so I moved uh, from, uh, let's say, um, producing uh, fiber optic devices, that was my first uh, important assignment in, uh, in ST, uh, where I was used to manage a uh, uh, production line of these uh, components. Then I moved uh, to planning. And here, the, the main uh, activity is really to work on uh, long-term strategic planning. So let's say that uh, starting from a uh, background, <laughs> high tech, Okay, we, we work in a technical company, but then I moved uh, towards something which is not really technical, but is more about uh, numbers, about uh, analysis, uh, and not anymore about uh, really physics. This is clear. And in this position, my, my main uh, responsibility is really to drive the strategic planning for, for the company, which is quite a, a complex uh, uh, let's say activity because, uh, as we will see maybe during the discussion, there are several aspects in today's uh, business which makes the long-term strategy quite difficult to predict and uh, to plan. Well, that, that's, a, that's a good, uh, good way, place to start, really. Um, obviously, a lot of the news is dominated by coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, where by the time this podcast goes live, you know, who knows where we're going to be in this situation. Um, how do how do businesses plan and prepare for this kind of crisis? Is what we're going to be speaking about right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, let's say once more. The point is that uh, this uh, such a disruptive crisis was not uh, really something that uh, industry was prepared for. Uh, typically, we have uh, clearly the some. Uh, contingency plan that we put in place, but also in the, in the various scenarios we elaborated, we never considered such a, a disrupting a, a crisis like the one that we are living now. By the way, we have some plan to some fab in Italy. And so we are now, let's say, getting organized in order to make this activity going on running and not to be somehow disrupted by, by this problem. Well, clearly, there are going to be a lot of lessons learned in uh, in this crisis. Uh, I, I think right now, what advice would you give to supply chain directors or planning directors that, I mean, and it's probably early days to get uh, the learnings of, of this crisis. 
But let's talk about the VUCA model, because you talk about this quite a lot with regards to uh, scenario planning and so forth. Tell us your experience of uh, planning in a VUCA environment. Yeah, this is quite important because, uh, first of all, it's important to have uh, the complete uh, definition of VUCA because uh, now it's becoming a word of mouth. Everybody yes. speaks about uh, VUCA, but not everybody knows exactly neither the history, neither the acronyms. So, first of all, it was invented by the Army, the U.S. Army. They, they, they invented these acronyms as uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And uh, these are really four different uh, attributes. Sometimes uh, they are used as a single, okay, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. But it's not like that. <laughs> they, each of them are quite different and have different implications. The idea is that uh, we can link these uh, uh, four definitions of uh, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous to the real case business uh, of a semiconductor. So for the volatile, which is uh, a case where we know the, the link between cause and effect, but we are completely unable to predict the evolution, we can uh, link this, uh, for example, for what the business that is more fashion-like mm-hmm. in our environment, which is the mobile phones. Right. But understand that the mobile phone is something that uh, is hard to predict, even yeah. if uh, it's easy somehow to know how to link the bill of material to, uh, to the success of a certain model. But understanding and predicting the success of a certain model is not at all uh, easy. For example, to, to give you an idea, we had a spike in the, uh, in the request on the gyroscope, which are the sensor that uh, sense the movement of the phone. And we have the spike because the Pokemon Go, a long time ago, if you, don't, if you remember, this yeah. stupid application that you just uh, were uh, pointing your that, mobile that, phone. And that would have been impossible to predict, the whole success no, of Pokemon no. Go and how the impact that that had on, on mobile phones. Nobody had, uh, had some amount of, because people get crazy for this uh, kind of application. And consequently, there was a request of this more accurate sensor to, for the positioning, for the movement. But okay, once more, this is very volatile because it, it is really related to the fashion, what is in this moment, the, the hype that uh, is uh, now working. While the uncertain is different, is where we, we, we more know about the cause and effect, but uh, we don't exactly can uh, identify which is the amount, which will be the, the real entity. And these, uh, for example, we, to make an example, we can imagine uh, the, the activity of uh, SpaceX. Now they are launching this uh, very interesting uh, application uh, for the internet uh, through satellite. Uh, but here it's difficult to predict what will be the real penetration mm-hmm. of the market. It can be a big success, can even maybe gain a lot of market share with, uh, towards the traditional uh, uh, let's say provider, but maybe it can be a flop. <laughs> we, we can, uh, it's really to really understand the entity. And this is the, the uncertainty. While the complex uh, is more related to whatever is, uh, for example, as an example, our manufacturing machine is really complex. Mm, producing uh, the wafers uh, for semiconductor can, is a very long process, can take up uh, to three, four months, uh, lot of uh, different steps. So when you try 
to simulate the impact of the forecast demand into the manufacturing this is a real complex operation right and uh, and finally ambiguous is really where it's the new it's something that you really don't understand exactly how it works and even there we can okay apart from the famous uh, uh, you know sentence from Don, donald ransfeld about the unknown unknown which is the case of uh, ambiguous uh, this is the case for example for semiconductor was the case of uh, you know the the nokia collapse right under the introduction of the smartphone it was completely ambiguous and unknown nobody or <laughs> clearly the coronavirus this yeah. is a complete unknown we cannot really predict the cause and effect link in this moment we know that it is a disruption we know that this will change the habit of consumers but it's really hard to imagine what will be the real link mm -hmm. Okay, so <laughs> this is a long introduction. I don't know if no, no, no. It's, it's, it's important because, as you say, a lot of people use VUCA, you exactly. know, uh, quite a lot, and they uh, interchangeably with with just complexity, and uh, they don't really necessarily understand the cause and effect element to it to each of the sections for volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. No, so I, I understand how to manage each of them because there are clearly then okay, you can enter into yeah. the case. What is better to do? in front of volatility rather than uncertainty because the reaction yeah. but this can introduce us to the other concept which is the concept of the scenarios which is somehow one of uh, so hold on the concept of of the scenarios of the uh, scenario yeah. planning yeah scenario planning yeah yeah because somehow in front of such complexity <laughs> let's now yeah. be generic then it's difficult so what you do how you keep on uh, let's say working on strategic planning on mid-long-term planning uh, without, let's say, uh, considering it as a wasting of time. Because yeah. at the end, you say, it's such unpredictable that it's useless to do it. Not at all. It's somehow the opposite. We, through the ability to elaborate uh, the, the right uh, range of scenario, we can extract value from uh, the strategic plan. This is really the, the thesis of uh, really all uh, the, the... Well, so that's the thesis. What's the practice then? In practice... practice. Is it... This is the, the, <laughs> the difficulties because uh, once more, the thesis is uh, easy. Somehow, at the end, everybody agrees. Why not? I mean, we elaborate scenarios. Why not? It's not difficult to agree on the concept. The real difficulties is then to translate this scenario into something uh, really effective mm -hmm. and uh, so maybe i can can give you some uh, uh, even there are some example which is not uh, exactly uh, on the on the business side so we we just uh, on june of the last year we we participated uh, we me and uh, some friend of mine to a, a regatta okay on the, the lake here on uh, geneva so we started uh, on a saturday and the, there was very bad forecast the forecast uh, was uh, somehow uh, considering uh, the possibility of a storm with no with the wind up to 20 or 30 knots. And this is a very long regatta that uh, lasts about 70 miles. So it's quite long. Yeah. So we, we started the regatta, we sailed, it was a sunny day and so on. And suddenly around the 3 p.m. the storm arrived. And the storm was really 
far above the forecast. <laughs> and it was really, really difficult to manage. So what's the point about the scenario? We knew the storm was forecasted and we elaborated a series of scenarios among us. So we decided how to act and what to do in the various uh, cases if the storm would have arrived, let's say, as predicted, if it would be really uh, harder or stronger than expected. And so when the, the, the storm arrived, and we start seeing really that it was by far worse than expected, we already had in mind the plan. And so it was good for us, it was somehow not really easy because the situation was not easy, but at least uh, easier to put in practice this, which means reducing the, the sailing, uh, going in the part of the lake that had no obstacles in front, because in this moment you could really do nothing because the wind was flowing at uh, 50 knots. So it's uh, 100 kilometers per hour. You can imagine wow. you, you drive in the highway, you put your head outside of uh, the window. So you can imagine what is uh, staying in these conditions. It's really difficult to do anything. So now what's the, the, the point is that uh, somehow uh, the forecast, first of all, what's the connection with the, the scenario planning? First of all, the forecast. The forecast gives you an indication. You cannot trust the forecast quantitatively in, in a really strict sense. You, you know that uh, there will be a storm. You cannot expect it will be a full sunny day, but you cannot really rely that it will be exactly 30 knots. Well, the, the storm the storm is is unpredictable is is what you're saying exactly. not yeah. not really unpredictable well, the storm itself isn't unpredictable but the factor yeah. within the storm yeah, exactly. you know, whether or not the wind is going to be 100 miles per hour or yeah. 150 that's very hard to predict isn't exactly. it exactly exactly so this is important because sometimes uh, we tend to believe too much to numbers to forecast to take the numbers uh, not as it should be like a range of possible Mm -hmm. Evolution, but rather, okay, at the 3 p.m., there will be 20 knots. This is not the case. So, this is the first thing that is the forecast. And the second point is uh, the time to react. Yeah. But practically, we had no time to react because uh, it was very fast. So, somehow, if you elaborated in advance your strategy, you can react properly. If you don't, you will not be able to react. And so, a lot of both capsized, some other lost their math because some other were not really prepared to react properly to the to the what happened. And this is exactly what happened in the business. Most of the cases, uh, we have uh, not enough time to react, especially in a business like semiconductor that have, has very long time. So mm -hmm. we have a long time uh, to produce because it takes, as I anticipated, three to four months to complete the full production. And we have a long time to install capacity because it takes one year to set up uh, new equipment, qualify, and so on. It takes two or three years if you want to build a new fab. So this timeline gives you the uh, difficulties that you have if you don't plan in advance what are the possible scenarios. And then we arrive to your request uh, your question, which is uh, absolutely correct, which is then practically. Yeah. Practically, the real challenge is to take scenarios seriously, because what actually can happen is that you make theoretical scenarios, 
Yeah. And you put us okay, I made my nice exercise. But end of the day, I did not take any action in order to make the scenario uh, useful, which means that also that I will have to use some resource, which is the real difficult part. Because based on the scenario, on something that you don't know if it will really materialize, you have any way to invest something. It can be resources of people because you want to qualify another source or can be investment in equipment. So all in all, you are somehow, uh, in order to make the scenario useful, you need to take actions. So this is the, the, the key point about uh, the, this aspect. And uh, once more, the, the practice of uh, putting the scenario in, uh, in something uh, really uh, effective is, uh, uh, was introduced also by an interesting book from uh, Michael Raynor that was uh, named uh, The Strategic Paradox. Mm-hmm. And it's really resuming the, the challenge because somehow he says that the, 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 the companies are used to take commitment on some things that are clear, not on uh, possibilities. Right. And so the difficulties is when you have to deal with something which is not really defined. And here it's more difficult, it's more challenging for the companies to take commitment. And this is why the scenario planning is more difficult to put in place. Because somehow we are considering uh, uh, several alternative possibilities that are not uh, sure that we materialize. So maybe this can looks like something uh, like uh, normal, but is not so evident. Mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, uh, the, the concept is... Uh, yeah, is, no, that, 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 that makes sense. So from everything you've said, obviously there are things that you can't predict that are uncertain, that are complex and et cetera, but you certainly can predict that there will be disruption of some sort. I think an organization has to have a strategic approach to preparedness for disruption. What you're suggesting here with the necessity for scenario planning, you may not know exactly the scenario, but you certainly know that there will be a scenario where you will need to plan uh, or that you will need to prepare for. And equally, um, the time to react element. I'd I'd like you to go a little bit deeper into the time to react, because if you don't know what is coming, what kind of you know, how do you know what time you have to react? I mean, you gave the sailing example. You know that in that kind of environment while you're sailing, the time to react is very, very, you know, quick. You need to make things happen very quickly because it is quite literally almost life and death. I mean, you know, you could you could fall off the boat, etc. So give me some practical applications to scenario planning and especially time to react. Somehow you needed to uh, gain time. So this is the, the key trick somehow to be uh, already have done in advance part of the activity that that enable you to put the scenario in uh, uh, in real life, let's say, in uh, activating it. Practical uses and practical, yeah. Practical, so, and to do this, you need, for example, to have already started some activities, for example, uh, qualifying uh, different sources, even if... uh, Actually, based on the number, you don't see a, a clear need or, let's say, the, the full necessity to do it. But you, considering your scenarios elaboration, you say, okay, but in some specific cases, this can become a, 
a real uh, necessity. So at this point, they start making this activity in advance so that when the scenario B will materialize, I will already be this part ready, which is exactly what we did on the boat. We reduced the, 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 the sail before the 50 nodes arrive, because when you have 50 nodes, you hardly are able to reduce the sail because yeah. it's difficult. And the same, if I start qualifying in advance, then when it's the case, I'm already ready to move my production to another side. Clearly, once more, you need to have elaborated the scenario, the correct scenario in advance, which is the second challenge. Because, for example, now let's not speak too much of uh, coronavirus, but it's clear that nobody has uh, made such a scenario. No. And uh, so this uh, exactly nobody, and also it would have been extremely costly because uh, if uh, also Apple should have uh, anticipated and moved uh, all its production from China to another place, just in case uh, some uh, like this would have happened, it would have been extremely costly. Mm. So, I mean, it's something that you are not really prepared for. Yeah. So, so okay. So let's fast forward now to where we are today or where we think we are. We are in the eye of the storm of mm -hmm. uh, a scenario that could not have been planned. Or perhaps maybe it was planned, but not in the way that we expected it to be planned because it's completely unexpected, completely unpredictable. What does a planning director do now in a situation like this? What can you do? But first of all, you try to somehow analyze the fact. Okay. Trying to put somehow in a comprehensive way what are the factors that you are dealing with. Because this is one of the difficulties really then to have a sort of ability, even in a, in a tough and uh, maybe, let's say, challenging situation yeah. of uh, business risk to uh, be able to rationalize and uh, put, let's say, on a clear, uh, in a clear way, what are the facts and what are the uh, possibilities that you have at this moment from now on to try to cope with uh, the situation that uh, you are in now. How, let me interrupt you there. How, because you're talking about the facts, we're assessing the facts right now. How important is analyzing data uh, part, as part of the, the, this fact-finding mission? When I speak about facts, I, I think about numbers <laughs> because it is my mindset. So clearly, yeah. facts means numbers, means quantities. That is to analyze what has been for other cases, like the evolution of the demand that was suddenly changed and trying to aggregate in the, let's say, proper way the numbers in order that these numbers that apparently are uh, unpredictable, I, I, somehow cannot be understood, are somehow better understood. So right. trying to find correlation. And this is really what we keep on doing in our day-to-day -day life. So we, we receive a, a bunch of information about something that maybe was not properly predicted. And then we try to find the right correlation on facts and on numbers on quantities in order to give somehow a, uh, an explanation of what is inside. And the, for there, with the with the scenario planning, we look at best case, worst case. Yes, uh, we we look at all the possible iterations of what could happen, uh, because I'm sure that's what everyone's busy doing right now with coronavirus. What is the worst case scenario? What is the best case scenario? How do we prepare for that? I mean, 
if anything offers us a good case test for uh, scenario planning, it's the scenario we're in right now. Yeah, let's say that the here, the, let's move back to, to business for a while. Um, I think the, the real good starting point is to elaborate a base plan. Let's say, yeah. first of all, you need to, to elaborate what you consider as the most probable situation that is most probable to happen. Why that? Because at the end, you need to have a sort of reference to consider what is likely to happen and where to dimension your normal resources for what you more or less consider as the most probable one. Yeah. Then elaborate in the uh, around this uh, uh, reference uh, uh, case that you have uh, elaborated. Then elaborate the the various scenarios because it's not only worst case and best case. The real the other complexity of scenario planning is that uh, you don't have uh, just two cases. At the beginning, we started considering uh, two cases: the, the worst case and the best case. But at the end, you end up with a very uh, it's a huge business growth and a very negative failure of the company. So say what? Yeah. So what? You probably have to have more scenarios than that, don't you? At the end, you needed to really elaborate at the different level of aggregation, maybe for your production side, for specific businesses, some specific uh, alternative around your reference case. So the, the, the third difficulties uh, that we said uh, uh, besides the other one is that uh, you need not to elaborate only the worst case and the best case because this could be appropriate only if you have a very let's say simple uh, condition but typically a company has a lot of different businesses that are interacting so it's not really that you can focalize only on one so you have to elaborate uh, all somehow the, the, the important uh, scenarios around your uh, base plan and this uh, is uh, somehow uh, something complex, but uh, somehow it depends on, uh, on, the on the ability that you have to identify the potential scenario that makes sense. So you have somehow to select based on the past history, on the signal that you receive from the market. And so all these kind of elements make you just select a limited number of scenarios, otherwise, Clearly, it becomes impossible, and you end up with an infinite range of uh, possibilities where you don't take any action. Well, you could drive yourself, exactly, you could drive yourself to inaction with uh, countless scenarios. Exactly. Yeah. This is the other risk that you elaborate so many cases that at the end it's okay, okay, we give up because it's too because complex. Impossible, impossible to. Impossible. Let me, let me take a step back here and, and, and think about your own career. Do you think that? having the background in science and physics and then materials science, do you think that that helps with being in, in business planning? I think so. <laughs> I think this was quite a, a lucky combination because uh, somehow when I decided to study physics, I was not really thinking about uh, working in strategic planning. When you study physics, you think to work in a lab to somehow have a completely different career. But then, uh, you know, people change uh, with, uh, with the time. So I, I recognize that I was more interested in business yeah. than in uh, pure science. But I kept somehow this uh, absolute uh, love and respect for numbers, which... Well, uh, which is, I think, is important in, in this kind of planning. Well, I think that that's what leads me to the next question. When, when supply chain directors or business directors are currently looking at building their teams for planning. 
especially with the advent of technology, with AI, machine learning, and all of that, do you think having a science background or hiring people in their teams with a science background could be extremely beneficial? Sure, it is very beneficial. You have to find the sort of combination uh, of uh, this uh, characteristic. Yeah. Mm, for example, the, the person I work with uh, are all uh, with um, a solid, uh, let's say, um, ability to, let's say, analyze numbers, but at the same time are really uh, interested in technology, in uh, the business, because you have to combine the two. You, you, so now you cannot really just uh, rely on numbers, but you have also to understand. Uh, well, at, at, at the end of the day, these are commercial entities. You know, they are they are a business, and uh, uh, there are goals in mind, like, and you can't lose sight of that. Uh, let, let's talk about the technology side of things. We hear quite a lot with regards to demand forecasting and planning. Are you using um, or are you looking at AI? Have you come across it? Uh, is it uh, are you excited by the prospect of AI and machine learning in this role? Let's say that um, this kind of activity is ongoing in the company, uh, but uh, is more related to demand creation, somehow, right. okay. which is uh, not exactly our role. Uh, our role is more to then uh, analyze the demand that uh, our the other teams have created and uh, to find uh, the, the right, uh, let's say, strategy in, uh, in the company in order to support this kind of demand. Also to analyze if this demand somehow makes sense, but especially to, to find the right strategy in order to, to support this demand. So it's not directly my uh, function that uh, develop and use uh, this kind of uh, technology, but is rather the function before mine, which is the one that elaborate and uh, prepare the demand that is actively working now on this side, because it's for sure uh, a chapter of uh, great interest. Do you think that companies take business planning very seriously? That's question number one and question number two. How have you seen that evolve over the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years? For sure, it, it's changed. I can speak both about my company, but also in general, relating to the various conferences where it's always nice, like also the the one we attended in Amsterdam by discussing with other leaders from other also other different kind of businesses. So there is for sure a, 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 an attention which is growing on uh, on the business planning on the and especially I see. On the strategic planning, which is uh, uh, now coming back to to the to my company, something that uh, was not uh, the case uh, only ten years ago, five years ago. It was less, let's say, clear the need to let's say elaborate uh, this kind of analysis. We now, let's say, maybe also thanks to our activity, <laughs> I want to be somehow proud of what. Uh, we hear our CEOs speaking about scenarios, uh, speaking about different uh, layering of the demand. Uh, so this is something that was not the case uh, some time ago. So it means that uh, the uh, the message that we are not anymore speaking about a plan, but about several possible plans that are the one that can help the company to address uh, the, the strategies uh, is, uh, is now taking place. And this is also the only way to, to make this kind of activity useful. Otherwise, it's uh, somehow 
you just uh, elaborate uh, a possible uh, situation that will never materialize. So, so what you're saying is that having some sort of buy-in at the central part of the business management, uh, the board level, into the benefits of strategic planning is imperative. Absolutely. Yes, it is. And, and uh, what about the recruitment of people? You know, do you find that young people are attracted to this side of the business? Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, there is a lot of, uh, let's say, attention uh, for uh, now, let's say that uh, once uh, studying uh, mathematics or statistics was not really so hype or so <laughs> glamorous, and uh, maybe it was uh, only uh, interested in people that wanted to pursue some uh, other kind of uh, research, while today also there is a, there is a career path uh, for data scientists, uh, which is uh, really something that is also really valuable and uh, it's also well paid <laughs> so yeah. somehow this has changed the the mindset because maybe um, once it was a, let's say targeted only for a certain approach and then maybe you could discover later on that it could be could have an application nowadays it's better because somehow you understand that also dealing with scientific uh, uh, matters can have a and a large application in the industry, which yeah. is not so was not so straightforward uh, before. No, very very much so. So, what what do you think are I don't know the the best advice that you can give people, not planners, because clearly most planners will be thinking like you about scenario planning, strategic advice, that you know that kind of thing. What advice would you give management businesses today? about the, you know, working in such a crisis that we're in right now? That's more, this is uh, really, it's a little too late, but <laughs> to be, to try to prepare, not for this, but in general, to somehow try to be ready to prepare different uh, alternatives, different uh, uh, possible paths, listen. Because the other thing that is really interesting uh, and is a, uh, uh, another author named Schumacher that was uh, uh, speaking about the lateral visit, visit, uh, vision that uh, uh, somehow in the company is not always promoted. Oh, yeah? The ability to not only concentrate uh, on uh, your uh, single task, but have uh, somehow a more a wider, let's say, visibility about uh, the things that uh, happen. And so these, uh, there are several, um, also in this, uh, paper, but also in other, there are several um, reasons that make us focalize too much and right. prevent us to have a larger, a wider spectrum. And one of these is that we tend somehow to align, for example, to what is the, now the, the, the major trend in, in the company. Uh, somehow we are too much pressed by somehow some of the urgency. And uh, this prevents uh, to have uh, the ability to, to work on this. So the, the suggestion is uh, to keep some resources, uh, not uh, really focus too much on the things in order to, to let them have a more open view. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, uh, once more, it's not difficult because it's not easy because somehow every company trying try to always uh, optimize at the best. Yeah, I, th I think you're absolutely right. I mean, we are in the middle of the crisis. You can't plan, plan, a, you know, uh, because it's happened right now. But surely 
there will be others. So I think what you what I mean. Yeah, what you're suggesting is that companies need to take strategic planning and all sorts of planning very seriously, prepare with robust teams, look at different scenarios, uh, and have a methodology for implementing scenario planning. Would that be correct? Yeah. And and I, I would also suggest another thing that was yeah. related to the crisis. There are a lot of data available right now. Yes. Apparently, people are, or many countries are not able to analyze this data, and they don't take it seriously. Right. For example, in Switzerland, this crisis is not taken that much, uh, let's say, as a, a real danger. Yeah. We are not taking any specific action to prevent the contagion. So, because they are not just looking at data, because uh, if the, the wave is uh, at a certain level in this moment, it's just because uh, we are in Switzerland in a different time phase versus Italy. Yeah. There is no reason why we don't have to follow the same path because the data are showing this. Well, do, do you think that that's perhaps maybe one of the re- one of the failures of strategic planning is the silo mentality Absolutely. That, that companies or maybe functions within a business operate in this little silo without looking at the neighbor, or the data that the neighbor might have. You, you bring up a very good point here. You know, yeah. other countries are not following the Italy uh, model or the China model because it's not affected them that deeply. But everything in the data indicates that it potentially will, and they're not taking those precautions. Do you think that that application is it, it works in business too? This is uh, absolutely, unfortunately, true that uh, we have a, a lot of silos <laughs> in yeah. all and each and every company, which is related to some habit, uh, some diffic- cultural difficulties. That uh, here, really, the discussion becomes a little more philosophical, but. Uh, it's important to, to really go back to the culture of the company, yeah. to the real openness in, uh, let's say, consider the, the different function as a part of a, a, a unique uh, one, which is the company. So there are several factors that uh, bring uh, to the, say, the build up of these uh, sectors, uh, which clearly does not help the communication, does not help uh, to, to improve. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time, Massimo. This has been extremely enlightening. Uh, I think it's absolutely imperative that executives look at scenario planning. It's a very serious thing uh, for uh, for your uh, for this. Uh, we'd love to hear more about this, and no doubt we will. Uh, but thank you once again for being on here. Uh, for uh, for everyone else. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Future Insights of uh, Network TV, FinTV, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much.